I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF August 12th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech all, in less than seven minutes. Brett, I hope this will turn into the fact of the day. I have seen a number of like people posting their pictures of themselves crying or fake crying. What? What's going on? Well, it came, it it originated on my favorite social media platform, LinkedIn, Jay. And so there is a CEO who had to lay off a number of his staff because he made a poor business decision. And to demonstrate that he's also a person and that he's also affected by this, he posted a picture of himself crying. Now, first of all, I was actually surprised because this got a ton of attention just organically. Like people, some people liked it, but I think the vast majority of people did not like it. And they thought that he was putting himself at the center of this situation where he's not the one that's having to bear the brunt of this. It's it's the people who are losing their jobs. So anyways, that's where it came from. I was pretty outraged by it. I'm sure others were. Any any initial thoughts, Jay? I, I think it was in bad taste for him to do that from his yacht. Well, no, he was not. I, oh, Jay, <laughs> that'd be incredible if he was on his yacht. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, I, I am surprised, and this is, I don't think this is him, but I'm always surprised by how rich the truly rich can get And so I was listening to another podcast, the All In podcast, which I just do for research purposes only, by the way. But I was listening to it, and Shamathwai Hapatia, the Canadian billionaire, he's a host. And at one point, he had to go on mute because they were docking his yacht. And it required so many people to dock the yacht that there was so much background noise that he had to remove himself from the conversation. Yeah, I know how that is, Brett. Brett, aside from docking your yacht in a quiet phase, what do we have for Peak Pals today? I don't even have a boating license, Jay. I barely got my driver's license. There's no yacht to be seen here. We've got a great, great bundle of stories for you today, Peak Pals. For our first story, the CPPIB, it didn't do as bad as they could have. And for our second story, Russian oil, well, they're actually doing just fine. And for our last story, Canada's housing market, it's stabilizing, Jay. For our first story, the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, the CPPIB, which is a terrible acronym, saw its funds drop by 4.2% last quarter or roughly $16 billion, which sounds a lot worse than it actually is. So, okay, Brett, let's tell folks what's going on with the CPPIB. Well, we'll start with a refresher because I actually think the CPPIB is one of the most important institutions in Canada that not many people actually know about. So here's how it works. Every working Canadian contributes about 5.7% of their income towards the CPP, which pays out an income when you retire. Now, CPPIB, they manage the country's largest pension fund with a vast array of holdings, including companies as diverse as Petco and Jimmy John Sandwiches. Which one's your favorite, Jay? I'd rather eat a Jimmy John's than a Petco, if you're asking me. (laughs) Well, but here is the latest. The CPPIB is now reported losses in back-to-back quarters, driven largely by declining returns from a stock market that has been battered by a 52% increase in volatility just this year. Now, investments in real estate, credit, and fixed income investments, these are like bonds, were driven down by interest rate hikes that also contributed to the loss. However, the pressures that affected the CPPIB were the same ones that affected every major investor this year. Losses of this scale were expected, and the fund is reportedly well-positioned to contribute to add value over the long term, and that's a quote from their report. Yeah, it sounds like it. CPPIB also outperformed its peers on average Canadian pension plan saw assets fall by 8.6% last quarter per RBC, which makes its performance look downright robust. So, Jay, what's the bottom line with all of these CPPIB results? A CPPIB, which is hard to say after a long time, long-term performance is still going to be strong, posting a 10-year analyzed net return of 10.3% and managing 500 
$23 billion worth of assets. So considering Canada's chief actuary said the fund only needs an annual return of about 3.95% to stay sustainable over the next 75 years, things look like they're going to be just fine, Brett. For our second story, when Russia invaded Ukraine back in February, sanctions sounded like the right idea. You would squeeze Russia's economy until the fallout renders it unable to continue fighting the war. But in reality, Jay, things have played out just a little bit differently. You don't say. According to the International Energy Agency, the IEA, and we've talked about them before, it came up months and months ago, Western sanctions have had a limited impact on Russia's oil exports, which is also its biggest moneymaker. In fact, the IEA has raised its forecast for Russian crude production as it benefits from energy prices that have been thrown out of whack since the start of the war. This is 3D Chester plan over there in Moscow. In recent months, we've learned how reliant the global economy is on Russia's energy exports. Restricting those exports has actually hurt those restricting them the most. As the West looks to implement partial bans on Russian energy, Russia has limited supply to drive up prices and rerouted exports to China, India, and Turkey to mitigate financial losses. Okay, but if it sounds like Russia's doing just fine, it's not. The World Bank predicts the country's economy will see the largest decline since the collapse of the Soviet Union. See, Russia has no problem selling the stuff, but it's having a lot of trouble buying stuff across other industries affected by sanctions. At least that's according to not my favorite, but an economist, Paul Krugman. <laughs> he is an economist who writes a lot, which is why this all matters. But Russia may be able to coast on its energy money for a while longer. The IEA also increased its global oil demand forecast, but it remains to be seen how long the country will stand fast-growing inflation, slowing trade, and the impact on Russian business. And for our last story on this Friday, the Canadian housing correction is coming in quicker than anticipated and should create a stabilized housing market by late next year, but not necessarily an affordable one, Brett. Yeah, well, some interesting updates on the housing market front, Jay. So the average price of a Canadian home is expected to fall by 25% by the end of 2023 from all-time highs this past February, and this is per a new report from Desjardins. Desjardins previously projected a 15% drop, but cited weaker-than-expected housing sales and more aggressive-than-expected interest rate hikes. Good to know we weren't the only ones caught off guard by the 100-point bump as the reasons for the increased drop. And... This really matters because per the report, this drop will bring some sanity back to Canadian real estate, which in turn would help ease inflationary pressures and pressures on our own wallets, Jay. Yeah, but here's the thing. Housing prices will still be higher than they were before the pandemic. And in fact, this drop could actually make finding affordable dwellings harder for some people as lower housing prices have contributed to a surge in rent prices. A real catch 22, Jay. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, because I know you were interested, The Fish Show on Wednesday yeah, night how did it go? Budweiser Stage, it yeah. was fire. It was great. There was a okay. great second set, great energy in the room. Trey was on fire. None of those things mean anything to you. Never heard a song. <laughs> Either way, we'll get you a fish show yet, Brett. Have a good day. You too.